prayer. Take it to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, once again, we come before you as humbly as we know how. Asking, Lord, that you open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to hear the word of the living God. Not a word from man, but a word from you, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for having the opportunity to stand here as an ambassador of yours to declare your holy word to your people. I thank you for this opportunity, Father, in which I never take lightly. <clears throat> and God, I just ask, Lord, that we will all have a joint spirit today of unity and love so that you and you alone will get the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen, please. Amen. amen. Our, our word today that we're bringing forth from the Lord is faith under opposition. Faith under opposition. Now, this word opposition is like pressure. It means that it's pushing something back against your faith to keep it from reaching where it needs to reach. Now, the Bible talks about faith in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the first verse, I think it says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Now, it's a substance, it says, but it's, a, it's an unseen substance. And what happens is, is that, see, our faith is on the opposition at all times. And y'all, I, I really want y'all to, to digest what God is trying to, 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 to say to us here today because all of us uh, our faith is constantly under opposition. It's under pressure. Something pushing against it. And what we have to understand is that if our faith can't touch the substance, then it can never be manifested in our life. I'm going to say that again. If our faith can't touch the substance, then we cannot manifest what it is in our life that God would have us to have. Does that make sense to you? So the enemy knows it, and the structure of life knows it, and what happens is, is that our faith is always under opposition, under pressure. And a lot of times what happens is, is that when we go forth to send out our faith to touch that unseen substance, whatever it is, that you're after, the opposition within us and the things that concern us in life, you know, those things that Jesus talks about in, uh, uh, um, I think it's Mark 4.14 or Mark 4.19, somewhere in there where it talks about the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in. See, it chokes the word. See, see that's that opposition. See, let me tell you something. Dissatisfaction is opposition. It's against our faith. You see. So before we have time enough to be happy with what our faith has accomplished, opposition comes in and causes us to want something else. And now our faith is being under attack again. So the more we want, the more opposition we face. And that's why the Bible tells us that we need to be content 
It don't mean stop trying. It don't mean stop going after. But we've got to learn how to be patient in the storm. We've got to learn how to do that. So our faith being under opposition is a critical mass thing within our life. See, most of us this morning came in here not realizing that our faith was under opposition. But if you just check your resume, if you just check it, you'll see that your faith in whatever it is that you're going after is under pressure. It's under opposition. There's something pushing it back to try to keep it from getting what it desires or what you desire of it. And what happens is, is that when that takes place, you see, usually because when we run up on the opposition, and it's surely going to come, there's no way around it. So when we run up on it, what we do is we give up. Because we don't have no spiritual fight in us. No spiritual exercise, no spiritual strength. It takes work to work faith. It takes work to work your salvation. It's not of works, but it takes work. Because the Bible said faith without what is dead works. You show me a man faith, the Bible says, and I'll show you his work. In other words, faith, if you say you got faith, then something is manifested about what your faith is all about. Something is. On every level, whether it's physical, spiritual, or whatever it is, there's going to be a manifestation because that's what faith does. You see, the enemy knows that if your faith gets through the opposition and if your faith can touch what it is, that substance that's unseen, that faith is already made up of, it knows that it can bring it back. Your faith will bring it back towards you and God will make it manifest. So it's the enemy's job to put you and me under oppression so that we'll rather take a pill than seek Jesus. I'm talking to us. So that we rather seek a lover instead of seeking Jesus. So that we would rather seek money instead of seek Jesus. But the Bible says, now this is what the Bible says. Matthew 6.33, if you seek ye first, first, not second, but first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, there's a protocol here. There's a way to do this thing if you want it to work. So you got to seek the kingdom which is within you first. See, it's in you. And you got to seek it. And then you got to do it by way of righteousness. Because once you find it, you don't find it to exploit people. But you find it to find the righteousness that's in it. He said, if you seek me first and my righteousness, all these other things that's in opposition to you, that's keeping you, that your opposition is keeping you from getting, he said, all these things will be added unto you. That's a promise. The Bible says all the promises of God are yea and amen. That means God can't tell a lie. 
If God said that's the way it is, if we ever learn to just do it God's way. Notice I said we, Brenda. I said we. If we ever learn, not you, but somebody say we, ever learn how to walk this thing the way that the Garmin, what's that thing is that tell you where to go? You know that guiding thing that everybody used today? Google Maps, whatever you want to call it. GPS. We'll follow it instructions. It can tell us. And it can be telling us wrong and we still be going. I better get back up here. But when it comes to the GPS that's in the Bible, oh Lord, we won't hardly hear nothing. Can I get an amen? Am I in the house? Amen. Am I with us today? Yeah. I say us. Mm-hmm. That's us. Amen. But you know God is a good God. He understands us. He understands our insanity. That's why he sent Jesus. I'm going to say it again. He understands our insanity. Because we, we as people, we, are, we do have a great degree of insanity with us now. Don't kid yourself. Please don't lie to yourself like you got it all going on. I beg the difference. I beg the difference. Look here, we're going to talk about faith under opposition today. There are three types of faith we're going to talk about here today. If you go with me to uh, Romans 12.3. If you go to me, Romans 12.3, when you get there, please say amen. I want you to see this. This is what we call... The measure of faith is called common faith. Common faith. How many of y'all know that all faith ain't spiritual faith? Amen. All faith ain't spiritual faith, people. I always use this scenario of a wino. A wino don't have no wine in the morning but he wake up and he got faith that by the time that liquor store open he gonna get him a bottle of wine I'm talking about faith now I'm talking about faith it works on every level right am I right about it that can't be spiritual faith that's taking him to the wine to get drunk but it's faith and faith works on every level on every level, people. You see? So, we've got what we call here common faith in Romans 12, 3. Let's look at it. Are we there? It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. That will get you in a lot of trouble, and me too. But he say, I need you to think soberly. According as God had dealt to what kind of man? Every man the what? Measure of faith. You see, God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. Your measure ain't my measure. Because what God has called me to do for him in this life, God has equipped me with the faith to get it done. 
You'd be crazy to try to do what Doc Manley do with his faith. It wouldn't work for you. You run and hide. Having to deal with this crazy fool here and faith too and all of that in there. But see, God has equipped me to deal with my insanity and still get the job done. Amen? A man after God's own heart, just like David. You know? Well, it's the same with you. He told you, stay in your lane. That's what he told you to do. He said, don't think more highly of yourself. In other words, I don't need to be trying to do what Sister Leslie do, or I don't need to be doing trying to play the guitar the way Tom plays it. Because that's what God has equipped him with. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't need to be trying to do and use nobody else's faith. I need to learn how to think soberly and not overdose myself in somebody else's faith or trying to do somebody else's faith with somebody. See, we got too many facsimiles. That's copycats in the church. One fall down, the whole crew fall. See, they're fakes. One, yap, 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 yap. Then the other one over there gibbering, doing the same. Ain't no speaking in no tongue. That's gibberish. That's what that is. Let me tell you something. When you speak in tongue, you know it, and the people around you will know it too. So that's a I said that's a special language. That ain't no No, 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 no. That's a real deal. And I ain't really heard but about three people in my 62 years of life who spoke in that authentic tongue. And it scared the devil out of me. Because it has a cutting edge to it. Because it's an angelic voice that's speaking. And God said, now, even with that, if you don't have an interpreter, you shut up in church. That's the word. That's God's word. That ain't my word. Do I need to show it to anybody in here? Because it's in the book. It's in the book. It's in the book. God said, let it be by two, at the most three, and let one of them be an interpreter. And if you don't have an interpreter... Silence it. Because nobody know what you're talking about. Get in your closet, God said, and do it. Because that's between you and God. I'm, I'm, we preach the word up in here. See, if people would preach the word, then the church would stay in order. But because people don't preach the word, then they let the church get out of order. Now, Sally over here doing gibberish. And now you got Sue over here trying to do it too because she's trying to do the same thing. She said, stay in your lane. Sally might be ordained to do that. But you over here trying to do it. Because somewhere along the line, somebody done twisted your head to make you think that you ain't got God in you unless you do it. So now you make up a fake language. Am I in the house? Am I teaching folk? Yeah. Up in here. Okay. I'm teaching folk up in here. I'm not, I, see, you got to know what's in the book in order to do what the book says. See, what's done happening here, we've been, learned, we've been listening to these off-brand preachers so long until when you hear the truth, you, you like, I, I don't understand that. Well, if you'd have been reading the book instead of listening to them Yahoo, then you would know what's in here. You would know what's in here. 
You wouldn't, you, 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 you wouldn't be going through this. I'm talking about faith. See, it takes faith to do all these things. It takes faith to do all these things. And if anybody got any questions afterward, come in the office. I'll show you in the book. I'm on a mission right now. I'll show you in the book. And when you see it in the book, then you're responsible for what's in the book. Amen? Amen. Not responsible for what some jack-legged preachers say. Because don't y'all know that preachers will tell you lies to have you doing what they want you to do? It's a control mechanism. They just like politicians. They got to be changed often. Politicians like dirty diapers. You got to change them often. You got a whole bunch of dirty diapers out here running around here talking about, thank you, Jesus. I've been called. You've been called to be a fool. See, what we do, what the word do, take the fool out of us. If we let it. So the first type is that measure of faith, that common faith that everybody has. And he tells everybody right here in Romans 12, 3. He say, now look, stay in your lane. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. But think soberly. That means understand. See, before you can think soberly about yourself, you got to know yourself. And in order for you to know yourself, you got to know your limitations. Because any time you go beyond your limitations, you're about to mess up yourself and somebody else too. Amen. 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 So he's saying, now be sober with this thing. Now don't be stupid. That's what he's saying, be sober. Because when you're drunk, you're stupid. Amen. He said, don't be drunk with this thing. Now be sober. <laughs> you know, you're driving drunk. Calling about Jesus. And you're driving just drunk as you, you ain't sober. But you talking about the Lord. But you in error. That don't work like that. That don't work like that. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. See, Jesus came to straighten out the crooked path <laughs> that we've been walking on in Jesus. <laughs> That's what Jesus came to do. So what did Jesus do first thing he did? He did it twice. In the beginning and in the end. First thing he did, he went into the temple, this temple. And turned over that garbage that was up in there. And whooped it up out of there. How did he do it? With the truth. We don't like the truth. No. Not when we want to hold on to what we always have held. No. You know, you, 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 they didn't want to leave. But see, when you put something hot enough up in there, they'll get up out of there. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jesus came up in there and whipped them folk up out of there with the truth. He he didn't play no games now. You better reread who Jesus is. Jesus don't play no games. Jesus will come at you. But now when you tell folk the truth in these days and times, they get all upset. Because everybody got that Joel Osteen T.D. Jake ministry garbage in them. They wouldn't know the truth if they knew what the truth was. Because the only thing that they do is try to tell you how to get your stuff. Ain't told you a damn thing about eternal life. Not one of them. If you don't believe me, you listen to them. See if the see if it's the gospel of Jesus Christ or if it's the gospel of feel good to get you through the moment. See, see, I'm laying this thing down like it is. I don't care nothing about 
who they think they are. Ain't but one king, that's Jesus. Ain't but one big guy, that's Jesus. Everybody else, sit down. The little chumps running around here like they make a god. They devils. Don't bow down to that. Then you got another thing called saving grace. See, you got a common faith, but then you got a saving grace. Go to Ephesians 2 8. It says, by grace we are saved through what? Say it loud. By grace we are saved by what? We are saved by what? That's a saving grace, ain't it? I mean, a saving faith, ain't it? So that's the next kind. You got that common faith that every measure of man got, but everybody don't have saving faith. Because if they did, then everybody would be saved, right? And everybody ain't nowhere near saved, are Because he said, but a few going to make it in. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. <laughs> it be rough shit up in here all our lives and then go to hell. Talking about, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy on your name? Get, get away from me. I don't know you. Depart from me. He says that in the book, too. He says that in the book, too, the book of Matthew. See, a lot of us think because we do this and because we do that and because we do that. Yeah, but if you, if you ain't saved, see, you can, the, the devil can, can teach you the Bible and show you the way to hell. And you'll believe it's the right way. He said many are going to follow them and go to destruction. That's what he said. But only few are going to find the straight and narrow path that leads to everlasting life. Now, 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 now the word don't change. He said, now Jesus said, not one jot or one tittle of my word in no wise shall pass away until all is fulfilled. So the same word we reading today, it's going to be there 2,000 years from now if, if God tarry. And I don't care what the government say and I don't care what all these social idiots are doing out here say or marches or whatever. It is still ain't right what we're doing. It ain't right. But now what we're doing is we're trying to make right wrong and wrong right. I seen on the news this morning now where California, uh, 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 they mad at Trump because Trump is going by what the law say, which the others didn't do. And making him look like the bad guy. I know he's a fool, but we need a fool in these times. Do y'all not know that we're all, this nation is going to hell because of what they call liberalism? And do you not know that the Bible called liberals vile people? Did you not know that the Bible says that? That's the book, people. We teach the book here. So we need a fool right now to try to get this thing adjusted back just a little bit. But it ain't going to be easy because look what Jesus had to do. He had to go in there and tear up everything in the temple. Before you can get it fixed, you got to tear it up. <laughs> it must be. Sure. You don't get to be president of the United States of America or president of nothing else unless God put you there because the Bible said he'd take down one and put up another. Promotion don't come from man or the east or the west or the south. But God is the one that takes up one and takes down the other. 
You don't. Come on, people. Come on, people. What, what Bible y'all been reading? To let all this crazy stuff out here that they that 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 that, 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 this, that this media and all this stuff they just tan tan folk head up uninformed people, uninformed people, saving faith. He said, "By grace we are saved through faith." Mm-hmm. But watch this. Remember, I told you about faith being under opposition, under pressure. Look how much saving faith comes under oppression to try to keep your faith from getting saved. Look how the devil is working in front of us right now to keep us from getting truly saved because of the opposition of, that's coming up against your saving faith. See, God trying to talk to us and see that opposition is working too now. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to work with that. You don't want to hear God. See, you, 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 you done got tricked. See, the devil untricked you. You think you listen to a man, but I'm just the voice of God speaking to you. That's what he ordained for me. That's all I am. I'm just a vessel. Don't look at me. Don't hear me. Hear God. That's coming out of me. That's your best bet. And that's my best bet, too. Because everything God say to us ain't pretty. And it ain't supposed to be pretty. Has sin ever been pretty? But the devil keep turning himself into an angel of light, tricking people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can't know two or three scriptures and think you know the book. <laughs> see, 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 you out of your lane, see. See, now you go. <laughs> don't work like that. It don't work like that. You know. I, I wish it did, but it don't work like that. And then that's what we call the gift of faith. Remember? Three, three faiths. Common faith. What's the next one? Yeah, yeah. All right. What's the first one? What's the next one? And then we got the gift of faith. That's the most powerfulest level of faith. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read verses 4 to 14. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, where it speaks about the nine gifts. Those are the nine gifts that make up the church. Now there are other gifts that build our character and things of that nature, but these are for the building up of the church. Okay, are we there? Okay. Let me get there. First Corinthians twelfth chapter. Starting at verse four, are we there? It says, Now there are diversities, verse four. There are diversity now. There are diversities of gifts, but of the same spirit. That means there are different gifts. All gifts aren't the same. And there are differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord, okay? Saying that there are diversities or differences of administrations, verse 5, but the same Lord. And then 
There are diversities, verse 6, of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So you see, whatever gift we had, it's all God. Amen. And what God does is he places these gifts in each one of us, and he expects us through the word of God and the desire that's in us for God to develop, to discover and develop what our gifts are so that the whole body can work. You see, my gift, one of them is here and here. You see, it's a lot of other things, you know. I do everything, but my main gift is preaching this word of God because that's what he called, chose me to do. He didn't call me, he told me to do it, you know. So in order for me to do it, I got to know what I'm talking about. So in order to know what I'm talking about, I had to be trained up. I, I went to school, I became a doctor of it and everything. So in other words, I became a professional at what's in this book. I'm not able to live it all, and you are not either. So don't look at me crazy like you can do it all. You're looking at me. You're putting a weight on me like I'm supposed to be perfect, but you ain't putting the same weight on yourself because you ain't perfect either. And this is a church. I told you this is a hospital. Everybody in here is sick. Jesus heals us all. All of us in here sick. Yes. The leaders and everything else. And, the, and, and, and look, Jesus said a physician don't, I mean a whole man don't need a physician. So the moment that I get completely whole, that means I don't need Jesus no more. The devil is a stinging lie. See, see, that's when you get to thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. You understand what I'm saying? You got, you, you got to keep this thing level. You got to be honest with people. See, people got to know that you hurt just like they hurt. That's how they get healing. Because we can look at each other and say, okay, I'll go a little bit further because I know they're hurting too. And they're going a little bit further. But I put too much pressure on you telling you lies and making you think that I'm all this and I'm all that. And, and then you, and, and you say, well, I can't never live up to that. You used to live up to what Jesus got in you. Amen. You don't try to live up to what somebody, the devil with somebody else and what they think. You don't be caring about what nobody else thinks. They're going to love you or not love you. And if they don't love you, then the hell with them. I said that because I'm straight up here. I'm, I'm just straight. You're either going to love me or you ain't going to love me, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm going to treat you fair. Everybody ever come through here been treated good. They left because they didn't know. See, some people don't know how to be loved. They've been jacked off so long. Some people don't know how to be loved. Amen. You start loving on them, they start acting crazy, thinking you want something. But I don't want nothing from you. I got what I need. Amen. All I want you to do is get what I got so we can walk this thing together. Amen? Amen. I'm talking about the, 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 the gift of, of faith. So verse 7 says, uh, But the manifestation of the Spirit, it is given to every man to profit all with all. In other words, every gift is given to profit all of us. Verse 8, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 says, For one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, word of wisdom, and another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. And one of these days I'll do a spiritual gift seminar and get you to understand where all this stuff is because you need to know. Now, verse 9 says, To another, what? That's the gift of faith right there. By the same spirit, to another, there's the gift of healings by the same spirit. And to another, there's the working of miracles 
to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another, and, and that discerning of spirits is a gift. That's not uh, uh, discernment or spiritual discernment. Don't get that mixed up. Don't get the discernment of spirits mixed up with spiritual discernment. Two different things. We talk about a gift here. Spiritual discernment is supposed to be, everybody's supposed to have that to get saved as we grow in God. But the discerning of spirits is where you can call that spirit out when you see it and know it, what it is working. You understand what I'm saying? When you see that spirit, you can tell whether that spirit, what the actual working of that spirit is. It's called discerning of spirits. It's a gift. Now, but all these, and then, and then here you got, to another working miracles, and to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, watch this, to another diverse kinds of tongues, that's speaking in tongues, to another, and to another the interpretations of tongues. It didn't say nothing about everybody speaking in tongues. It says to another. But it also said to another, I got interpretation of tongues. But to another, I got the gift of healing. You see, everybody can't do the same thing. If everybody do the same thing, wouldn't you get tired of eating the same meal every morning? I mean the same thing. Well, what are we going to have today? Oh, we just going to have speaking in tongues. <laughs> That's so silly. When you really look at it. D. He said, I'd rather for you to prophesy, which is to teach. Because people know what you're talking about. It goes on and it says, but all, verse 11, but all these work that one and self-same spirit, dividing every man severally as he will. For as the body is one, it has many members. Remember? Everybody don't do the same? I can't get no amen. And all, verse 12, and all the members, that one body, being many, is many members in that one body, but it's one body, so also is Christ. One. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. Whether you be Jews or Gentiles, see, we're all the same. Whether you be born or free, we all have made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but the body is many. It's just like this body here. It's not just one member. It's got all kind of members to it, but they all work for one body. And guess what? It, that working of that body comes from the head. Now, if the head is sick, have mercy on the body's soul. Amen? So God heal our heads. <laughs> Can I get amen? God heal our heads. Because that's what need healing. That right there. <laughs> It'll make you crazy. It'll be just as loaded as you can be. And you have everybody else around you loaded. And you figure out, well, nobody don't want to be around me. Because you got loony. So ask God, wait a minute. I'm talking to all of us. How many of us have had people not want to be around us because we crazy? Amen. You can raise your hand. This is a truth speaking church. 
See, some of them won't raise their hand. See, they ain't got that level of truth yet. See, they shame. They know that they do crazy stuff, but they shame, see, because they've been in churches where they can't be honest. And I keep telling y'all, the only way you're going to get God loves to see us raise our hand and say, Lord, help me, please. Stop being shamed to tell the truth. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Put light on that thing. When you put light on your insanity, then hey. I went on national television programs and, and, and wrote books about my insanity as a drug addict and everything else. That ain't nothing new. That's all news if somebody run to you. If you, ain't, if you need a book, I'll give you a book of how crazy I am. But it takes a man, crazy man to stand up here. You got to have somebody that's been through something. Tell him, Tom. Tom, no. Tom been out there on that gridiron. He ain't shame to tell. Huh? Amen. Boy, let me tell you something. You, I told you not. Don't look at the how big Walmart is now. You need to look at what it took to get Walmart to be. about I want Walmart. Well, if you want to be like Walmart, then you better be ready to go through what Walmart went through to be what it is. Stay in your lane. Don't 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 think more highly of yourself than you ought to. That's what the books say. That's what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But think soberly. Cause you you get Walmart and then you run yourself crazy. Cause boy, it take a lot to deal with that. It takes a lot to deal with that. Talking about you want a big church full, but you got to deal with all them spirits. Do you really? Because you can't expect one person to do it or two people. That I means you. The more it comes, the more you got to get involved. <laughs> yeah. Now watch this gift. Watch this gift. Watch how it works. I'm taking my time. Watch how this thing works. Remember I said it was under opposition? Your faith? You go at something, it seems like every time you go at something, something go wrong. I'm in the house. That's your faith under opposition. You got to recognize what that is. Alright, let's take a look at the gift of faith. Now, y'all saw that where there are also gifts of healings, and you also saw there where there are gifts of miracles, right? Amen. The working of miracles, right? Okay. The gift of healings and the working of miracles is what we call a positive gift. They do something. But the gift of faith is a negative gift. It also does something. Hear me close now. I'm trying to show you something. Now, do you not know that there's a positive and there's a negative to a battery in order to make it work? Amen. It's just not too positive, too negative, right? That's why it's man and a woman. And not boy and boy, girl and girl. That's you, you confused. 
Yeah, that's confusion. So you ain't got somewhere along the line you done got confused. Ain't nobody never tried to get you back on track. You see. So this is how this thing works. Now, if you ever see a battery with two plus signs on it, don't buy it. No, I'm telling you the truth. I'm just being honest. We just having some fun up in here. See, let me tell you something. Let me tell y'all something. One sin is just as bad as the other. My sin is the same as that sin. It's all the same. See, I don't pick on people. I pick on sin. My own sin is just the deadly. The way you do sin is death. Period. It ain't got no degrees to it. The wages of it, the payoff, is death. My sin is just as bad as the next. But in man's eyes, what we do is we categorize it. You see? So what we do is we, we, we try to clean the beam out of somebody else's, or the moat out of somebody else's eye without looking at the beam that we got in our own eye. See, that's the first thing we do. We try to look at somebody else's shortcoming so we can feel good about our old crazy self. Amen? Amen. See, that's what we do. So you got, you got a, 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 what we call a negative gift, which is the gift of faith. It's what we call a reservoir. You know what a reservoir is? A receptacle. It's something that holds something. Like water. Okay. Something got to hold that water. It's got to have a receptacle. Okay, something has to hold the gift of healing or the gift of working of miracles in order for it to work. So that's where the gift of faith comes in at. See, th that gift of healing, that power has to go into something and it's called the gift of faith. Now, when you see it happening, you know that if it's healing... You know that the gift of faith and the gift of healing is working. Because the gift of healing has been poured by God into the gift of faith that is in the individual. And then it manifests itself. But watch this. Same with the miracle. The gift of miracles, the working of miracles is poured in to... That's why Jesus would always say, it's your faith that made you whole. You allowed it. You received it. See, see, if you don't receive it, see, I don't care how much I preach up here. I don't care how much Brenda preach. I don't care how much Minister Tom preach. If you don't receive it, we can't help you. Amen. Ain't no magic up in here. It's just us. You, 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 you got to receive this thing. You got to get you. Didn't I tell you about that curse? You the only curse, and you need to. Turn you loose. If you want to get the curse broken, you need to break you off you. That's how that works. And and graft in Jesus. If you see somebody fall out of this church, the tree, the tree of life is still here. And the limbs, us, are still on it. So it ain't the tree's fault. But if the limb decide to fall off and all the rest of the limbs are living, guess what? That limb decided to stop being nourished by the tree. 
but it'll blame it on the limbs. <laughs> it'll blame it on the tree. But the tree is in good health. And the people in the tree is in good health. Yeah, we got some problems, but we we, we all right. Because we got sense enough to keep coming. I'm saying that to say this. Don't never listen to a loser. <laughs> you better stay in the ship. Don't listen to a loser. Because a loser will try to get you to jump out of the ship. Into a boat that's got a hole in it. And next thing you know... Everybody's singing. That's crazy enough to get over there and hit it. All right? So, so here's your opposition. See, see, when that miracle or when that healing is trying to get into that receptacle of faith, that's going to be opposition there. See, that, that gift of faith, whether it's common faith, whether it's saving faith, or whether it's the gift of faith, faith on every level is going to have opposition that's trying to keep it I'm getting where it's supposed to get. Because the opposition knows that when you send your faith out and you touch what it is by faith, that substance, which is already there, it's going to reel it in. The opposition knows that, so it's the opposition's job to keep your faith from touching what it is that you desire. So it keeps you worried. It keeps you crazy. It keeps you depressed. I talk to her. I'm talking to her. They do all these things. They play on us. It plays on us. And it keeps us from getting what we want. And we say, Lord, I just don't know why. Well, I'm telling you why now. Are you listening? So as it opposes you, you got to oppose it. Because somebody is going to be taken down. Whether it's the opposition or your faith. One of the two is going to be taken down. That's why you got to come in the house of the Lord and, get, and build yourself up on your most holiest of faith. As the book of Jude tells us to do. Building ourselves up in our most holiest of faith. Having unseen love for the brethren and praying in the Holy Ghost so that we can make this thing happen. Because, see, they knew, them holy men knew the opposition. Look at the opposition that Jesus went through. Or just look at Paul. Now, let me show you about faith on the opposition. Can I have a few more minutes with y'all? Because I'm trying to help y'all. Let me just have a few more minutes with you. Now, let's, let's, let's bring this thing into a biblical place. Go to, uh, and, and I really, you don't really need to go there, but you can go there to uh, the uh, 1 Samuel, the 13th through the 14th chapter. Watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I want you to go to 1 Samuel. It's very important. First Samuel. Thirteen. First Samuel thirteen. Verse 
Are we there? I'm going to read 8 through 14, okay? Now, here's the deal. Saul had been king now for a couple of years, okay? Now, we're talking about faith on the opposition, all right? And I'm going to show you in the Bible what we're talking about where you can understand what God is saying to you and me. He'd been king two years. And Samuel told him to go to Gilgal and wait seven days. Jonathan had just finished taking off one of the garrisons of the Philistines. The Philistines are angry. You know, devil get angry when you whoop him. You whoop him, you better be ready for another fight. Because you stirred up a wall's nest. Now, what happens is, is that he takes, and after seven days, Samuel, the prophet, don't show up at Gilgal. Now, the Philistines have surrounded Israel for battle. And verse 7 there says that, verse 7 says, Now, thirteen seven. Watch this. And some of the, are you there? And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal. Remember? That's where he's supposed to go. That's where he'd been instructed to go, right? And all the people followed him doing what? <laughs> Sounds like they're on the opposition, don't it? Huh? You go to trembling, don't ain't your faith on the opposition? What you trembling for? What you scared of? Huh? See, that's where leadership comes in at. When things get crazy, if you got a, if you got a leader that's trembling, you're in trouble. Because you're already trembling. <laughs> but watch this. Just watch this. Now, here it is. They bearing down on Saul. And it's seven days. And seven days has come and about to be gone and Saul or Samuel ain't showed up yet but I got all these Philistine warriors pressing down on me would that not make your faith under opposition? would that not put pressure on your faith? you ever had anything pressed down on you? Oh, some of y'all go crazy if you ain't got money for your light bill and it, it passed due huh? <laughs> just think about it. if you got a whole come on, come on, let's be real just think about it now. Some, some of us go crazy if, if we ain't got food in our refrigerator for two days and we don't know. Oh, Lord. We go in panic mode. After one day. After one meal, miss. Yeah, let me just bring it down. Bring it all down. Bring it, make it real to it. Now, here's a man. His faith was under oppression. You see? 
And I have to look at the situation of another person before I make a judgment. Well, Saul. So what Saul does is, Saul does what Romans 12.3 tell us not to do. Not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to and to be sober with your thinking. Well, when the pressure came down, guess what Saul do? Saul takes and Saul goes into the priesthood. He ain't no priest. And he's not ordained to make sacrifices. But when your faith is on the oppression, you make bad choices. Oh, God. Come on now. I'm talking to you now. The Holy Ghost is trying to get up in here on you now. You make bad choices when your faith is on the opposition. When you stop believing God and start believing the lie that the opposition is bringing to you. So you start telling lies to yourself. I start telling lies to myself, you see. And the next thing we know, we're fixing to make a mistake. So Saul, he gets out of his lane, he, he goes into the priesthood, and he makes a sacrifice to God. That's like sacrilegious. He ain't supposed to do that. He's not a priest. He's not ordained for that. And by him making that choice, God brought in David. But he allowed Saul to go 40 years and reign 40 years. 38 more years. But it was to no avail because God wasn't really with him. Because God says there in that book that, man, you done messed up. I'll show it to you. When, Saul, when Samuel came, what happened was, when Samuel came, 1 Samuel 13, 8 through 14. All right. They were trembling. And verse 8, 13, 8. 1 Samuel 13, they say, And he tarried seven days, and according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal. See that? And the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, a peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. See, he wasn't supposed to do that. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of the offering, the burnt offering, behold, guess who showed up? And Saul went out to meet him. That he might salute him. And Samuel said, what is this that thou hast done? See, Samuel already know what he done. And he begins to explain that, man, look, you told me to wait these seven days. I didn't know what to do. There's no excuse. The Bible says there's no excuse. We're not ignorant. So, verse 12 says, and therefore said I, the Philistines come down upon me from Gilgal to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. Notice what he did. Did you not know that you yourself under opposition will force yourself and I will too to do something that we don't need to do? Do you not know that? Let me look back here and see if I still got any butt left. Because this, this tearing me up. Maybe y'all look behind you and see if there's any left. Because this word is tearing all of us up. Because every one of us guilty. Of making crazy decisions. And then, after we make the decision, then God show up. Right after we mess up, God show up. And now God says to us, through the prophet Samuel, because remember, he's the mouthpiece of God. 
And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Verse 13. Thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God, which the God which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But thy kingdom shall not continue. You see it there in verse 14. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord had commanded him to be the captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. See, he took it. See, see, God will take from us what he's given us. The Lord take it, the Lord, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. You know? And just because it worked one way one time don't mean that when you get back it's going to work the other way. Oh, you did that don't work like that either. I got one more episode to give to you. One more. If you didn't catch that, let's catch Elijah, First Kings. In the 18th chapter of First Kings, we see victory for Elijah. In the 19th chapter, we see what we call defeat. Here's Elijah. Elijah takes down a total, a total, of 850 prophets. 450 prophets of the Baal and 400 prophets of the Grove. They were false prophets. A total of 850 prophets that belonged to Ahab and Jezebel. Now, he kills them all in verse 18, chapter 18. He takes them all out. But then right afterwards, his faith comes under opposition. And he, he goes from victory to defeat. How many of us ever done that? Amen. Gone from victory to defeat. Amen. Well, I guess it's just two of us. You know. See, we got some liars in the house. You know. God see you. See? Don't you know that this is a wave offering, y'all. This is, a, this is an offering to God where God can point you out. Otherwise, you just might get overlooked. <laughs> so you better learn to give him a wave offer. You better learn to do that. It's called a wave. In, in other words, it's a here I am, Lord, offering. Where I can see you. I need you to see me. See, some of us, we all, I don't know what some of us, we just crazy. We won't even lift our hand up. To ask God for forgiveness and help. I believe that's one of the reasons I'm still alive today. After the kind of man I am. I do. Should have been dead 15 times ago. Bullets done whistle all around my head and everything else. And they always been headshots. They didn't want to shoot me nowhere. They always want to get me in the head, sis. In the temple. I'm not lying. And I always thought about that. That this sucker really wanted me. It's by the grace of God that my brains ain't been blowed out decades ago. And every day, and, and sometimes I think about it and, 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 and it scares you inside. Now that you come to your sober mind. But see, when you ain't sober, you don't think about things like that. 
dangerous it is. So Elijah, in 18, 1 Samuel 18, chapter, he's got victory. Then he turns to a mouse in, verse, in chapter 19. And all Jezebel does is, she don't even do nothing. She sent a servant with a word to him to say the same thing by tomorrow, the same thing that you did to my prophets, so will I do to you and worse. And that painted a picture of fear in Elijah, the powerful prophet that just killed 850 prophets. And in the next chapter, he's a coward on the run because of what some split tail almost said it. <laughs> some Jezebel sent him, and he cowered to it. Make me sick. I can't stand to see a man that won't stand up like a man. And we got a lot of them. Amen. We got a lot of them. He gets scared. And he runs for his life. Goes to Bethel, drops his servant off. Bethel is the house of the Lord. He dropped his servant off. He should have stayed there at the house of the Lord, Bethel. But he drops his servant off there and he keeps running. And guess what? He goes to a cave. Hide in a cave. Faith on opposition. Over here, his faith was strong. But when he got that message, it brought his faith under opposition, you see. And instead of him standing up to that, he forgot all about what God had did over here. Just that quick. Oh, we do it too. And what did he do? He runs. He runs and he runs and he runs and he hides. And it wasn't long after that God said, okay, your time's up. Your time's up. You burnt. So I'm going to take you on up in a whirlwind. So you don't, you don't burn out. Because right shortly after that, he went and threw his mantle on Elijah. And he was taken up in a whirlwind. Because God, ain't God merciful though? Before you screw up, God will make something happen. To either get you up out of here, or get you to turn around. Because after doing... And I'm leaving this and I'm close. After doing what God and sin and how God had performed, for us to allow our faith to come in opposition and bite into that opposition, like Samuel, I mean, like Saul, and like Elijah. And like Larry, and like Brenda, and like everybody else in here do. That's not a good thing. So we got to realize that whatever it is that we're going at in life, people, God understands that our faith is going to be under opposition. It may be on the job you want. It don't make no difference. It really doesn't make any difference. The fact of the matter is... We've got to understand that our God is an awesome God. And he reigns 
in heaven and on earth. And the opposition that our faith is going up against is not stronger than the power of God's influence on our faith. It just depends on whether we're going to allow ourselves to fight the good fight of faith or where we are going to every time we're faced with an opposition that we're going to allow our faith to turn into oatmeal or mush and cause us to make decisions that we don't need to make in our life. Amen? Let's give God some praise. Brenda, come on up.